When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, beautiful people. Welcome to the Inner Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Carolina Salazar, and I'm so freaking grateful that you are here today. This episode, you guys, is so nourishing and so special and really close to my heart. I got to interview Chelsea and Erica, who are two amazing women. They are the founders of Rooted Beings. And Rooted Beings is actually the meditation training program. Like They host the meditation training program that I did. And the mission behind Rooted Beings is to spread meditation as a tool and to make it accessible to people. And it's so cool because Rooted Beings has a lot of nature verbiage and all of their pillars are related to concepts that are also found in nature. And when I was doing the training, which I ended up doing like on a whim, like so intuitively, as I was going through the training, I was so just grateful for it and so empowered by it because it's so intertwined with inner growth, right? Inner growth itself as a brand, as a podcast has these nature metaphors in it right? The concept of watering yourself and the concept of you are always growing, right? And like a tree, you have to create a solid foundation from which you can blossom as this spiritual being, as this emotional and physical being. And so the conversation was amazing. I just finished recording with them and we talked about lots of really powerful topics. We got to hear a little bit about each of their journeys and how they came across meditation and then we dove into how rooted beings came to be and then we went into some myths about meditation like things people think are like case about meditation that actually aren't and you know limiting beliefs people have around meditation and how you can kind of break free from that to be more empowered in your own practice and so it was really deep it was really amazing and just so nourishing the hour flew by And I'm so excited for you guys to listen because they're two people that I really look up to and that are these expanders for me. And so to be able to share this conversation with you guys means the world to me. And I'm sure you're going to leave feeling so, so grateful and grounded. Their energies are just so grounding and they really just bring you right back to the present moment and to love. And so I'm so excited for you guys to check it out. And if you do like it, please let me know. Share it on your story and tag innergrowth.co on Instagram and Rooted Beings on Instagram. And if you also have any friends in your life and any people in your life, even in your family, like family members, anyone you know really who's a meditation skeptic, send this to them because I feel like it's such a powerful conversation that really breaks down what meditation really is about and how... Meditation isn't conditional on you being spiritual. Meditation isn't conditional on you having to completely let go of all of your thoughts. Meditation isn't conditional even on a physical space. Meditation doesn't even have to look a certain way or, you know, it's not only accessible to a certain kind of person. It doesn't imply that you have to completely slow down your thoughts, all these different things. So if there's someone in your life who is a skeptic, send this to them because I feel like it's a really powerful episode to really break it down and to break down all of these limiting beliefs that society has around the practice. And so with that said, let's dive into this conversation with Chelsea and Erica. I know you're going to love it. And if you're enjoying the podcast, remember to hit the plus button on the top right corner of Apple and hit the little bell icon in the top left corner of Spotify underneath where it says inner growth. So let's dive right in. I'll see you guys on the other side and let's get growing. Welcome to the podcast, Chelsea and Erica. I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. 
Thank you, Carolina. I'm so happy yeah, to be here. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's going to be such an amazing conversation all about meditation. Before we dive into that, could you each introduce yourselves and the Rooted Beings method? Yeah, Erica, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, actually, before we dive right in, we thought it might be nice to do a quick like one minute meditation. Yeah. So let's do it. What we preach. Yeah. Let us just take a moment to close our eyes and dropping our attention right into the center of our heart, our human root here. And with that, we drop our shoulders, we soften the face, and we find the breath here together. Starting again, beginning again, this new moment here together. Inhale through our nose. And we watch the belly rise. We touch the breath with our heart. We keep rising up to meet this inhale here together. And then we stop, we tune into that stillness, that space between the inhale and the exhale. And we all open our mouth, we loosen the jaw and we exhale audibly, pull the breath out. And we just let everything prior to this moment go. And we plant ourselves once again in the here and the now. May we remain open, stay curious as we continue this nourishing conversation here today. And we can open our eyes. Yay. Wow, that was incredible. I needed that. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I really needed that one. So thank you for thank leading you. that. That was beautiful. With that, I'll go ahead and kick it off. So I am Erica Gallia. I'm half of Rooted Beings. Um, I am currently residing in Austin, Texas. And what else did you want us to share? I feel like I went Whatever off. Whatever you like, feel called to share. Um, so I am here in Austin, Texas, and I am a new mama. And navigating that space has been so wonderful. And I'm so grateful for my meditation practice to keep me grounded and to keep my nervous system at bay and to cultivate the space for me to grow into this new role. Um, I also lead corporate meditations. I'm a birth doula. Uh, I have a strong passion for the birth space. And I also support uh, mama brands with programming and partnerships and just allowing them to be seen and to connect with other mamas so they too can grow their brand. Um, and I'll pass it along to Chelsea. Yeah, too. Before I take the mic, Erica, I think I also would just, I love to start off with like what brought you to meditation too. Yeah, um, definitely. If you want to share like how you came across meditation, that'd be perfect. Um, so I discover, I always say meditation found me when I was, uh, in my early 20s, you know, I think you have a, a younger audience too, kind of like the collegiate age. And I think yeah. meditation can be a really, really powerful, potent tool during this time as you go through so many changes, you're navigating college, or maybe you just graduated. And, and that was me. And I, I thought I was checking all the boxes of, you know, I did this, I got my degree. I moved out, I got my first job, I'm working out, I'm doing yoga, I'm drinking my green smoothies, yet I wasn't taking care of my mental health, even though those are forms of like nourishing yourself. I wasn't really um, listening to that inner voice um, and I wasn't listening to my inner guidance system. I was completely disconnected, even though I was taking care of the physical body. And as a result, I developed anxiety. I was having panic attacks at work um, and because I wasn't listening to that to that inner voice and I wasn't listening to that inner world that is constantly living inside of us, my physical body had to show up and let it be known that something was wrong inside. And so because of that, it forced me to surrender and to sit with myself and to sit with the discomfort. And I remember so clearly one day after work, I was you know sitting on my couch, I closed my eyes and I don't know if you've had anxiety or if you've had panic attacks, but it feels like you're, you can't catch your breath and you feel like you can't breathe. And so I remember closing my eyes and telling myself I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. And that kind of intuitively came to me because I know I was like, I'm not going to die from this. I, I am breathing. 
And through that, just through those gentle words, I found myself catching my breath. I found the pace of my heart slowing down. And then it kind of was like a little epiphany of, oh my goodness, I think I just meditated. And that really opened up the door for me to explore the modalities of meditation, to dive into what it actually meant to take care of your mind, body, spirit versus just our body. Um, and through that, I, it's been an ongoing journey ever since. And um, it's been kind of my, I, I call it like my co-pilot. It's what's been there to help me navigate this bumpy road of life. I love that. And I think it's so cool how like you intuitively felt called to like meditate, even though it wasn't something you did, you know, frequently and it just kind of came to you that way. And I totally agree with you. I think so many people will focus on the physical side of wellness. And I think that's really great in itself, but it is it is so much more impactful to integrate with the mind and the soul as well and finding these other practices too that complement all the physical wellness stuff and then also help you elevate to like a whole new level so what about you chelsea could you introduce yourself and just like yeah. share a little bit about you can call me chels we're yeah. there <laughs> okay we're on that level we're on that level um so my name is chelsea scafidi i am uh, also in Austin, Texas, Erica and I are just like a stone's throw away. It's been fun to be here together. Um, so I essentially, you know, I feel like meditation is like the yin to my yang or has become such a big part of my life. I'm also a, a lawyer. I work in the nonprofit space, specifically on climate issues um, and in journalism. And so I feel like you know, everything starts with a level of awareness, whether it's your own personal body, your own personal mental health, physical health, spiritual health, but also like the larger problems that are plaguing our planet um, all start with just being aware of what we're doing and how we want to show up. And so this practice has been really complementary to so many things in my life. I'm also a mom. I have a almost two-year-old and just, you know, continuing to show up as my best self and to kind of show him, I don't always show up perfectly, but I try to through my meditation practice to work through things in a way that I hope that he can be proud of, you know, because there are a lot of things that come up in our lives. Um, and for me, the seed of meditation was really planted when I was in law school. I had a professor who was so ahead of his time, Scott Rogers, who has now started a whole mindfulness center at University of Miami Law. Um, but at the time, he was just teaching classes for anyone who was interested. After their regular classes, he was teaching these short 15-minute sessions. And so a friend took me there, and I remember sitting in his session and just not being able to really tap in. And I remember thinking, I am just too busy for this. Like, this is for people who have much more time than I have. And so I kind of made this excuse of why it didn't stick. But this is why the seed idea is so instrumental because I had felt what that was like. And then I'd kind of, it didn't necessarily start sprouting. It just was planted. And then years later, when I was going through a really rough time, it was, you know, I had graduated from law school, as Erica mentioned, like I was doing the things I had gotten the job, I had gotten the promotion and I found myself really falling into the I'll be happy when trap. And so if I told myself in law school, like, I'm just too busy for this. I'm trying to work towards something. Okay. Well now here we are five years later, I'm still trying to work towards the next thing. And I had this moment um, when I was at the law firm where I was like, if I don't stop and take care of myself, nobody can do it for me. Nobody is going to, you know, ask me to work less. Nobody's going to ask me to give less. Like I really have to have that boundary over my own mental health. And so um, I really found meditation through um, yoga and, and teaching yoga and really fell in love at the beginning and the end of yoga, which can be a very meditative practice, right? Really stepping out of our day into our body, into our senses. Um, and just that feeling at the end of a yoga practice where you're really, you know, you feel good. You're with your breath. You've been tuning into your breath for a period of time. So it was really from there that my meditation practice grew and and really um, flourished. And it has just become such a big part of my life and a practice that I 
really am so grateful for because life has not gotten easier than it was, you know, 10 years ago. There's been more complexities as I've gotten older, but I now feel like I have a tool that has allowed me to show up in a way that I can be proud of and that I feel like I got this um, in a way that before I kind of felt like I was, I was like in the wind, you know, just kind of being taken by what everyone else wanted of me. And was yeah, asking me. totally. And I think that that's really cool how, you know, you were intuitively able to also pick up on the fact that you felt really called and really like drawn to the beginning and the end of the like yoga practice and then just like putting two and two together and deciding to then go even deeper in the meditative realm and route so I just love that and I love both of your stories and I think like for anyone listening I don't know if I've shared how I found meditation I believe I did in my spiritual journey story episode but I think I'll just share it since we're all, you know, sharing our own experiences with it. But Mm -hmm. I, I've shared this with both of you, but basically in the beginning of the pandemic, in the beginning of lockdown, I was in a really dark place. I was really not showing up as my best self. And I was just kind of having this like dark night of the soul moment. And then during that time, one of my friends told me about the book power of now and simultaneously around like a week or two later, another friend told me about a meditation challenge called 21 days of abundance by Deepak Chopra and then that's kind of how I got into it like through a challenge and doing it with other people and having that accountability and trying something new I was really open and I'd always wanted to meditate and so that was really cool and then I started having really amazing experiences through it my family started noticing that I was showing up differently and then with time it just becomes something that I feel has really helped me grow and become a better version of myself and also become more aware of my own thoughts and my own brain and the things that go through it and kind of creating a better relationship with my mind so yeah and then I did the rooted beings meditation training pretty recently I'm still getting my practice hours in but I absolutely loved it and I really want you guys to share the process of creating rooted beings as well but before we do that can you both share your sun moon and rising in astrology because I feel like you're both earth signs but I'm not sure so do you know it yeah so I um I am a double earth sign so my rising is Capricorn my sun is Capricorn and then my moon is Aquarius amazing I love that Mine is, I'm, oh, I, I know, always I'm a Pisces and I'm an Aries moon um, and I'm a Sagittarius rising. So you have like the fire and that like complements the air and the earthiness in Erica so well. So <laughs> I love that. I'm a Taurus sun, so I'm actually an earth sign as well. And then I have a Cancer moon and a Aries rising. Oh. I have like the like the trifecta of like the earth fire and water I just don't have as much air in my like immediate like planets but I do have it pretty significantly in my chart overall but yeah it's cool because you guys are so complimentary oh thank you thank you I I feel like we we've talked about this before but I just I do think it's so important when you're starting a business with somebody it's like I mean we were friends before we started rooted but it is, it is like this deeper relationship. And I think a lot of people end up, you know, sometimes you can just be attracted to people who are exactly like you and Erica and I are very similar in so many ways, but then we also have these like complementary skill sets. And I've been so grateful for all the things that Erica has taught me over the past few years. Um, and I, so I just think it's so helpful to like, when you're like, if you decide to like bring a partner into whatever business you're doing to really take a deep look at are we like the same in, in all of our thinking? Cause there's been a lot of times where I thought one way and Erica's like, you know, with kindness challenge that thought and you've gone a different way. And it's been so helpful to have somebody that you can really have that open dialogue that might think a little differently than you. Yeah, for sure. And I think going into business with anyone, you know, it's such a deep relationship. And so how did you guys first come up with the idea for rooted? I'm assuming like you were both already like deeper into your meditation, like journeys, um, but I'm curious to hear about how it came to be because I loved the whole like philosophy behind it and how intentional like all of your branding is and just everything. So I'm really curious about the story. 
Yeah. So it's, you know, it's interesting how I feel like how, you know, companies and brands like come to fruition. And so there's always like a problem that needs to be solved. And so Chelsea and I were both already had a pretty deep meditation practice, but what's nice, and we were both living in Los Angeles at the time in a small little beach town called Manhattan beach. And, um, what's so wonderful about los angeles is how open it is when it comes to different spiritual endeavors Mm -hmm. so it was nice sometimes to go to a meditation studio to meditate with you know friends or you know to meditate and then go out to brunch or go to a sound bath but what we discovered is that a lot of the studios or a lot of those offerings were far away from us so we were in a beach town and it would take us like an hour to get to a meditation an hour home and then like why did we even it kind of like canceled out the meditation because (laughs) you needed like that room in your nervous system to to get through traffic and to kind of you know cultivate some kindness to everyone around you who was also trying to get home um and so we saw this kind of inner we we felt like this yearning not only with ourselves but with like the south bay community to bring a studio there and so we thought we were able to partner with um, a yoga studio at the time. And we did a little bit of our own DIY remodel. We found a beautiful space on the beach and, you know, Rooted Beings was born. And as far as like the naming goes and with like the branding and, uh, the naming of our classes, it's something that Chelsea and I, we sat with for a long time, but we both also felt very drawn to something nature-esque. And Chelsea always says that, you know, when it comes to meditation, it isn't like a one size fits all, like just like how maybe sometimes people fall in love with running and yoga. You may not always fall in love with running and yoga, like that might not be the exercise for you. And the same goes for meditation. There's going to be different modalities that work for you and you have to try them all on and see what feels good and supportive and nourishing. And so that's also why we decided to create the six different meditation styles and then aligning a nature infused term with each class. And so just to share with your audience what those are. So the seed is a mantra based meditation. Remember your roots is a meta meditation or a loving kindness meditation. Keep growing is a guided visualization. Plant yourself is a lying down meditation, very similar to like a yoga nidra. Bend like a branch is light stretching and then light as a leaf is guided breath work. And so um, there's something for everyone. And, you know, from my personal experience, I still very much resonate with the seed. And that's the class that we always um, open up to beginners. It's the one that you learned in cadence with Remember Your Roots. And it's just, I think it's one of the best tools, mantra meditation or a centering thought meditation to really, really slow down the mind and to give your mind a task so that everything else can just sigh and relax and knowing that your mind has something to do gives your mind a little bit of relief chelsea i don't know if there's anything you want to add to the to what how rooted beings came to yeah i think the one thing i would add is just you know what i think makes us a little different and what we really hope to um share with the world is this idea of meditation being accessible and erica and i always think about like our michigan roots are both from michigan and I would say meditation is simple, but it is not easy. And so oftentimes it becomes more complicated when we add in different elements um, that, you know, like verbiage that a lot of people don't understand or resonate with. So a good example is if I went back and tried to lead my dad in Michigan, you know, I tried to lead my meditation and I was talking about the chakra system. Like he doesn't under, you know, that's uh, a different school of thought or that's a whole set of verbiage that he's not necessarily comfortable with yet. And so when someone's learning to meditate, a lot of times they're coming to this with a beginner's mind, they're already a little nervous or, you know, they're not sure they, you know, we get all the time. Am I doing it right? And so then when you add on some of the complexities of using verbiage that people don't know, it, it makes it even more hard to really plant that seed within them. And so by using nature inspired verbiage, we really, that's, that's kind of the why behind that. And then we always tap into our five senses. One of the big things to kind of continue on what Erica was talking about with our different types are we have 
different parts of our lives where we need different things. Um, but what we're constantly doing is bouncing back and forth between what's called introceptive, which is like becoming aware of how we feel and what's going on internally and extraceptive, which is what's going on in the outer world. And so the six different types of meditation, one of the things they all have is that we we do have you tap into the five senses, like what is around you, using your eyes, using your sense of touch, your taste, and then bringing you into the introceptive part of really coming into your mind. And so that is another thing that kind of makes the rooted method a little different. And to continue on with what Erica just shared, so we started as an in-person studio and we come back to our mission a lot of like, what are we here for? Um, you know, running a business is a lot of time, energy, attention. We use a lot of what I think of as like finite resources that we have, which is really time, energy, attention. Um, and so like, what's the why here? And for us, the why has always been to just share meditation as broadly as we can to really, you know, allow access to this really powerful tool. And that used to be in 2019, 2020, it was bringing people into a beautiful space, really guiding them, almost like holding their hand in a way to start meditation. And then when COVID hit, that shifted. Um, and so we launched our on-demand meditation. And from that, where we have now, you know, rooted beings, Erica likes to say, like, it's a living, breathing organism that shifts and changes as long as we come back to like our why, our root, which is to share the practice. And so now it's really become our mission to equip other meditation teachers, meditation guides, because not everyone's going to resonate with Erica or I. We're not going to be able to touch everyone. Um, we're not going to be able to essentially infiltrate all these communities. But what we can do is by empowering others like you and other people, it's like there's a lot of people who follow you, who resonate with you, who are in your family, your community, your friend group. And so by kind of sharing this practice and then you share it, it's this ripple that really accomplishes what we're here for. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for running me through that. I love everything about rooted beings. And like <laughs> as a Taurus, I don't know if you guys know this, but in astrology, the element associated with Taurus is earth and Taurus is all about the five senses. And so it's yeah. about like remembering that you are also a physical being, like you are a human being and your five senses remind you that you are in this physical vessel and this physical body and I really love how for so many of the meditations that you guys lead and like that are part of the rooted method, it starts with that, right? As you were saying, Chelsea, it's like it starts with remembering like what are you smelling? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Embrace every element of your physical experience right now so that you find this like sense of almost security and safety in this moment. And then you can dive inward and into the mind and into the element that's your soul, which is not something you can necessarily see and touch and feel or you, you can feel it, but you can't see and touch it. And so I think that that duality is really powerful and like tapping into both is really important. Absolutely. Yeah, completely. I, I also want to um, add to that, like with the, the five senses, you know, if you think back on like, you know, memories, if you start to be a little nostalgic, if you think about, you know, maybe it's your, your 18th birthday or your 16th birthday or 30th birthday, whatever it might be. A lot of the times when you think back on a memory, what you remember is very sensory driven. Yes. Right? Like, oh my gosh, there were so many balloons at that last birthday, or I remember the cake or the smell or whatever it might be. And so that's mm -hmm. just like another reason to why we encourage our community to use the senses when you're meditating, because you're able to create a memory. You're able to slow down time by actually using each individual sense in itself. And it's almost like you're taking, you're making time stop for a moment and like taking a picture of that meditation of how you felt of like connecting to your body connecting to your senses um, and like okay I'm here now this moment's passing I want to save it as much as I can and put it in my heart and then you go on to the next moment and then you know maybe a couple days have gone by and you forgot to meditate that's okay you can begin again but then you can think back like oh my gosh I remember I felt so much peace and I remember, you know, I smelled the, my tea was simmering or whatever it might be. 
And you remember how you felt because you were able to connect with all of your senses. The more senses that we connect with, the more likelihood we're going to create a memory that'll stick. Yeah, for sure. I remember during the, the meditation training, you asked us to think back to like our most memorable birthday. So I thought back to my 23rd birthday, which was my birthday this year. And I just remembered like the cupcakes that we were eating and like the smell of like the salt that I was using for like the spicy margs that I was making for everyone. And just like thinking about all those little things and like I lit up a bunch of candles and I was making guac like before everyone arrived just thinking back to all these things and it made me feel so good and I think there's really something special about that and something else that I remember in a meditation training I thought about when we were talking about the five senses too is that when we're using our phones which we do like use technology nowadays so often but if we're walking around or if we're like with someone and we're on our phones we're not capturing our sense of sight and that's such a big important part of our five senses and so also tuning into that and like looking around when you're sitting to meditate and looking around when you're going about your life and like doing different things whether it's cooking or walking or whatever it is it's such a powerful thing to do and to activate so you can like create more memories and remember more moments too well and I think it's so fascinating like on this topic I like to ask people when they're thinking about meditating, like, what is your goal? Like, what are you looking for? Like, what feeling are you trying to foster? And a lot of people, you know, might feel anxious or how do people ask, you know, if I meditate, is this going to make me happy? And it's not, oh, you know, it's not one of those like quick fixes, but part of why meditation is so powerful is because outside of meditation, outside of a mindfulness practice, our thoughts are either in the past or in the future, almost 50% of the time. And if you think about what lives typically in the past or the future, we tend to ruminate on the things that we wish we wouldn't have said, or wish we wouldn't have done, or you're like, you're replaying this in your mind. And I think that's the truth. Like, I would love to say that whenever I think of the past, I just ruminate on all my wonderful memories. But a lot of times when I'm overanalyzing what happened, it's because I wish it would have gone a little differently or I'm thinking about the future, which is a lot of worry, right? It's a lot of like thinking about things that may never come to fruition. And so when we spend so much of our life in the past or in the future and not in the present moment, that can lead to a lot of anxiety, anxious thoughts, a lot of stress. And, you know, that's essentially kind of making us feel less happy And so when we use our five senses and we use this nature-based language to really come here, we're almost increasing the happiness meter a little bit. It's exactly what you said, Carolina, like I am safe. I am okay. I am loved. I am. And we really bring ourselves back to these truths, which can get muddled when we're spending so many, so much of our time in that past or future. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is also so cool thinking back that, I found meditation when I was reading The Power of Now at the same time because that's exactly what is talked about in that book. It's it's this idea of like the past and the future and how like they're actually non-existent. Like if we're thinking about it, it's literally only existing in our mind and a lot of the times or every time, it's not something we can control. And it's especially when we're thinking about the future, it's something that might not even happen and then we suffer twice and we suffer just in kind of that thought of everything that could potentially come to fruition but might not and I remember during the training like there was a situation that was going on in my life and I was so stressed out about it and so like in my head over it um I think it was on the third day or the fourth day and then literally it didn't even come to happen like it came to happen like the best case scenario and I spent so much time like over worrying about it But I also remember in that day of the training, we were talking about how, you know, technically we always hear, oh, you only feel a feeling for, I think it's like three minutes if you let yourself like fully feel that feeling. But the thing is that feelings get triggered by thoughts. So if we have ruminating thoughts on that specific thing, we extend that uncomfortable feeling. And so coming back to the awareness of which thought is triggering this feeling in me, And how can I like let it go instead of like continuing to think it is also like such a cool process to like embrace and to learn more about because I feel like that's what also helps us 
start letting go of those feelings that aren't serving us. Yeah, it's so funny. I, have you heard of the book, um, The Untethered Soul? Yeah, I love that book. Yeah, it's so great. I, it, when you, What you're describing, it just makes me think about when he talks about in the book, when you're, if you're like driving down a highway, you know, you're driving down a highway, like, like this is how life is meant to be experienced. You're driving down a highway, you see the, you see the trees, you see the, the signs and everything's just moving through you. Like you're a vessel, like you're just cruising through. And then all of a sudden you see like a red car to your left. And then your mind sees the red car and you remember that your boyfriend drove a red car and he cheated on you in high school. And then your mind starts to spiral and then you're, you're not present. Automatically, you're not present anymore because you're no longer cruising. Now you're fixated on the red car because the red car triggered a memory that when you were cheated on in high school and it robs you of your ongoing road trip because it took you out. But with a consistent meditation practice and when strengthening you know, your ability to become aware, you are able to create space between that thought. You're like, oh, I'm no longer present. That happened in the past. Let me get back to the driver's seat again and continue to, to cruise down my road. Um, yeah. But it's like, I, I, I always remember that from the book um, because it's such a, it paints such a great picture of what happens in our life every day, every moment, every passing moment, we're constantly being pulled out of the present. Like everything outside of us is a distraction to be pulled out of the present moment. And it's up to us to like maneuver and come back. Yeah. I feel like that's such a good book. I read it like almost two years ago. So I feel like I have to go back to it and reread it. But one thing I always remember from the book too, is he talks about like when you're in the shower, like how often are you actually paying attention to like the soap and your body and the water? Like oftentimes when we're in the shower, we're thinking of like everything else in the planet, like all the things we have to do, what we have to do after we're done showering, like all the to-dos, you know, where we're thinking about something that happened that day that like annoyed us and how like present you can be in like such a simple daily task. And I feel like that's such a good reminder as well. And something I feel like that really resonated with me as well from the training was when we were talking about how like in this wellness bubble almost that we live in, you know, when we're surrounded by people who are also into holistic health and who maybe also meditate, we might have this like false belief that like, oh, everyone meditates. Like it's, you know, or like, oh, it's so common. Like everyone I know meditates or so many people are doing it. And then we forget that actually, like, when we look at the statistics, it's not that many people, it's like less than 10%, if I remember correctly, of people that have tried meditation once in their life. And I thought that really stuck with me because it's kind of crazy to think that. And I think it arises from the fact that, as you guys were saying, there's a lot of verbiage that makes meditation feel unapproachable, or people just think that they have to completely slow down their thoughts there's all these myths out there of like things people believe meditation is when meditation can actually be many different things and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to completely slow down your thoughts but it's more so like being aware of the thoughts so can we dive into some of those myths I feel like it'd be really cool to do some myth busting for anyone listening you know if they've they've never tried meditation or even if they are already meditators and want to get better at their practice can we just chat a little bit about those myths and like yeah. bust them. Maybe Eric and I can just keep toggling back and forth, like with our favorite myths, because yeah. one of the fun things that, you know, it's so interesting in your business. I also just want to like put a pin in this for so many people who have started their business and their businesses evolved into different things. I look back on it now and each part of what is rooted beings has served such a purpose. Like we needed to go through all these different shapes and grow all these different branches in order to be where we are today. And so One of the things that was really fun was that when we had an in-person studio, you're constantly there getting this like immediate feedback from people in real life about like what they experienced or what they're worried about as they sit down to practice. And so this myth conversation is one of our favorite ones to have because I feel like we've seen so much, but um, I'll just kick us off. I think my favorite myth to bust is that you have to clear your thoughts. I've heard so many people say, I'm just not a good meditator. I sit down, I can't quiet my mind. And one of the biggest kind of, you know, I would say breakthroughs I had in my practice 
when I first started out, what I now like to remind people is that your thoughts are part of the meditation actually. And since at Rooted, we do everything in nature analogies, we really think of the shape of meditation as a flower. So you start in the middle with whatever, you know, you're being guided to do, whether that's focus on the breath or rest your attention on the body, you start in the middle and then you find yourself caught up in what you're going to do tomorrow. And then all of a sudden you become aware, oh, actually now I'm thinking about what I'm doing tomorrow. And then you bring yourself back to the practice and then you're here for a moment. And then all of a sudden you start to think about a conversation that you had with a friend and then you realize, okay, I'm caught up in thought and I come back. And this is what meditation looks like. It's actually a flower. Every time I sit down for a practice, I have petals on my flower. Um, and that's what it's meant to look like. Some days I have hundreds of petals of how many times I've gone out and realized I've come back. And sometimes I have less petals, but the key to a meditation practice is just to have that awareness of I'm caught up in this thought and I'm going to bring my attention back. And that muscle, that practice is really what the whole idea of meditation is about is being aware enough to say, oh, I'm caught up. Okay. I want to come back. And that's the muscle, the attention muscle, the awareness muscle that we're trying to get stronger and get bigger. And just like when we work out our physical muscles, the more we do it, the more it grows. So that's, yeah, I love that analogy. I always come back to it whenever I'm doing my meditation. And if I notice my mind wandering, I like visualize that petal like bringing me back into the middle of the flower and I feel like it's such a way of like practicing that kind attention right which is something we talk a lot about um with the rooted beings method too is just whenever you show up to meditate it's just another opportunity to show yourself kindness instead of being yourself up over having a thought which is so normal and human so yeah I always come back to that too yeah absolutely I I would be more concerned if you stopped thinking that means like your mind are working <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, exactly. be grateful for your mind it's thinking it's doing its job like it's supposed to think and so yeah. if it's constantly thinking for you like thank you mm-hmm. um but I would say another myth that I think we get a lot and is um a little comical is that I always fall asleep is one um or like every time I close my eyes and try to meditate I just fall asleep and you know a response to that or you know maybe some reasonings for that is as well it's probably what your body needed first and foremost so like allow your body to rest and and don't don't be hard on yourself again practice that that kindness and that self-compassion because that's what your your body needed but also there's some there's some adjustments that we can provide and share with you that maybe might help you not fall asleep next time you know so sitting in an upright position making sure that the back of your head and the back of your neck are free from leaning back from towards anything. Cause you know, if you have that, if you're leaning against something, you're more supported to, to fall asleep. Um, and so making sure that you're upright, maybe making sure that you're not lying down completely, like not doing one of our plant yourself practices. And um, those are just some gentle tips that can maybe encourage someone to, to potentially not fall asleep. Um, but if you do, again, it happens. There, there's been many times when we had our studio where people would fall asleep and we had to just like squeeze their big toe, <laughs> tap them on their shoulder just to like, you know, kindly, again, with compassion, awake them back into their bodies. Yeah, completely. And I feel like with both of those things, it's also, you know, the fact that you're thinking or the fact that you're falling asleep, it just means your body's releasing stress. And that's a good thing at the end of the day. So shall we do two more? Yeah. Um, okay. Another one I like is there's no way I can sit still for 15 to 30 minutes for a meditation. So this myth is really kind of based on the idea of what a, what you think a meditator should look like, right. Which is this like very still being, um, and it's also based on you thinking that in order to be effective, you have to hold this position for a long time. And so the, both of those are myths because, you know, you're not going to outsmart the mind. If you have an itch, you should scratch it. If you're uncomfortable, if your leg's falling asleep, you should move it. You really want to set yourself up for success. We always say that stillness is a state of mind. It's not being absolutely still. Like I can't move myself. It's 
just coming into a sense of stillness in the brain in terms of, okay, I'm going to really work on my attention muscle right now. We have up to 60,000 thoughts a day. So just by coming into a practice where we shut down our eyes, we're automatically starting to become more introspective. And then as we work through our meditation, right, we're really starting to become more aware of what's going on inside the body. And so it's not about physically not moving. Um, And then the other part about having to hold that for a long time. I mean, there's been studies that have shown that even three minutes of meditation is helpful. And we go back to this a lot about your attention muscle being like a physical muscle. You have to start small. If you were going to run a marathon, you wouldn't start by running the entire marathon on day one as a practice round. You would start in small increments and you would kind of train up to that longer practice. And so starting with a one to three minute meditation. I know Erica always shared these like lovely meditations that she would do in her car in LA, right? Cause it's just like a couple of minutes before you go inside somewhere that is helpful. That is effective and getting away from this idea that you have to really sit here for a long time. And the last thing I'll just add on, on that myth is that a lot of practices that you do that are self-care driven, like running a marathon, the more you run you want to become a long distance runner, you got to keep running, keep running, keep running with meditation. I really do think, and this kind of speaks to, to what you said earlier, Carolina, about how your family noticed meditation is one of those things that as you meditate more, you'll get to kind of a sweet spot for you. Maybe it's, you know, 15 minutes a day, um, where actually you just start living more mindfully. And so it's not like one of those practices where, Your goal is to be a two hour a day meditator. Your goal is to find a nice period of time where you can really practice that skill set, but then you begin to live your life more mindfully. Um, And so I just think that always really gets me. I think it's such a powerful myth to bust. And even, you know, I think going along with that too, it's like meditation doesn't have to only be. I'm sitting still and in lotus position, right? It's like I can be gardening. I can be running. I could be moving my body and lifting weights. I could be drawing. Like different things can be meditative. And there's that like difference between the traditional versus the non-traditional types of meditation, which we talk a lot about in the training. But it's funny. I think, you know, even if you've gone through different periods of like not meditating or meditating, I do think that if you have meditated in the past, it does start to change how you show up in general. And like, I can even think of an example of like, yesterday, I believe it was, I was like, filming this video, and like, it didn't go as planned. And I got really angry. Like, I did get very angry in the beginning, at like the situation. And I got very reactive. But then like, around 10, 15 minutes later, I was able to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, that was not myself. And I realized that I tend to attach myself emotionally a lot of the times to certain things that involve my career, but I can also take a step back and detach emotionally to take a more objective look and see what went wrong. How can I improve from this? And then owning it, like being like, yeah, okay, I got mad. I'm so sorry. You know, if it affects someone else, be like, I apologize. Like that was on me. I realized I was like really emotionally attached. And then having that accountability. And I feel like when I showed up in that way and I was able to own that, I feel like that's just such a perfect example of how like I've begun to show up more mindfully through this practice of just being more aware of myself, my tendencies, my thoughts, different things like that. Absolutely. Um, I think, so I will end with one of my favorite ones or one of the myths too, is that we get a lot is um, it's too woo woo for me or it's, um, I'm not a religious person, or I don't believe in having a spiritual practice. And the reality is that meditation has been around for thousands and thousands of years. All various types of cultures and religions practice meditation, but also you don't have to be spiritual or religious to have a practice because meditation is ancient technology. Meditation is here to help calm the mind and the body, but also to awaken our heart and our spirit for what is true and what is real before us. And so you don't need to have any specific belief in order to meditate. Anybody can meditate. And I will add to this too, on that note, what I love most about uh, meditation and kind of, you know, 
I guess it's it's a bit of a myth too. Like you need to buy a meditation mat or like you need to buy a crystal or buy all these like Palo Santo and all these things to meditate. And that's also not the case. You know, you don't need all of these things. What I love most about meditation is that it's direct access to your well-being. There's nothing that you need other than yourself and your breath. So that just goes to show you how accessible it is because anybody can do it because all you need is you. Yeah, which is what, you know, you were talking about before, how like you can meditate at any moment. You can meditate in your car. You can meditate right now, like in the start of this podcast, like it doesn't imply that you have to do something or be a certain type of person. And I really, really love that. And that's why I also love the rooted method so much because it's so accessible and it doesn't imply like you have to be talking about chakras or like anything like that. Like it's literally just your body, your vessel, like your mind, your breath, like think of a flower, think of a tree, think of your root. And I just love that. And so I wanted to ask you guys one question and then we're going to do some rapid fire. But I know like the core of Rooted, like one of the most popular meditations you guys do is just like the seed meditation, which is affirmation based meditation. And so I wanted to ask you guys if there's any specific affirmation you've been called to recently or that you just particularly love and use more frequently in your own meditations the one that I use the most is I calm my body I calm my mind and for me it's such a powerful affirmation because it's linking the two I like to think of our body and mind as a two-way street our mind's always trying to give little signals to the body and then the same is true from the body to the mind. And so by calming one, we're like having this ripple effect on the other. Um, and so that really gets me, you know, into that deeper place. Yes. And I remember there's like a version of that that we did in the training too, which is I call my mind, I call my inner waters. And mm-hmm. I really love that one too. Okay, I love that. One that's really yeah. resonating with me right now. And I think it's because I'm, as I prepare for upcoming travels is I am here, I am home. And just reminding myself that my body is is my home and my heart is my home. I think, you know, the holiday season and the traveling can really get us feeling a little discombobulated, a little disconnected, a little ungrounded. Um, if we are in our, you know, usual environment and usual settings, and again, talking about having all these things that make us feel good, just having yourself and coming back to that centering thought that I am here, I am home. Um, brings some comfort to me. Yeah. I'll be carrying those words with me over the next couple of weeks. I love that. That's a great one. And I think it's so powerful to think that way also, right? Because at least for me, I sometimes find that I feel at home only in certain settings. And so like tuning back to that is really powerful. But let's dive into some quick rapid fire questions. Don't overthink any of the answers. Just answer intuitively with whatever comes to you. This is fun. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So, and I always love, I do it with every single guest, like the same questions. So I always love seeing like what different people answer. So the first one is, do you have a quote or a mantra that you love and that you live by, or just something that you tend to remind yourself of frequently? Uh, I'll go. Mine is when I wake up or when I'm entering a situation or a conversation or I'm, I'm navigating the world, I always want to ask myself like, how can I show more love? Like, how can I show up and give more love in this moment? How can I show up more lovingly? How can I show this person that I love them? Um, That's a question that I ask myself a lot. So good. Love. (laughs) I, one of the things I really love, um, Justice, one of the Supreme Court justices, Justice Sotomayor has talked about how before she goes to bed at night, she asks herself, these two questions and it's what have I learned today and what have I given and if she learned nothing then she like pulls out her kindle and if she hasn't given anything she just sends a nice text to someone um and so I I think about this before I go to bed every night like did I learn something today I know Carolina you talk a lot about growth like I I feel like I'm constantly kind of asking that question of you know learning is growing and then the idea of what have I given today a lot of times what I just do is close my eyes and imagine someone that might need a little bit of love and send them a heart ping from my heart space to theirs. And I mentioned in the beginning, like these finite resources that we have time, energy, 
you know, money, re that, that kind of thing. But then we also have this group of infinite things, which are like, there. I have an infinite amount of self-compassion, of love for other people, of kindness, of gratitude. Like those are things that can pour out of us to an infinite amount. Um, and so just sending those to someone really helps me feel. Oh my gosh, my heart is so like opened <laughs> by hearing those two like quotes and mantras. I just love that. One other one that I think is really great too is what went well today. I, I feel like that. ending the day, and I learned that from Dr. Amen, who's like this neuroscientist. And he always says like ending the day, thinking about what went well helps you start to cultivate more of a positive outlook on life and slowly change your brain chemistry for the better. But I love, I love those too. And I feel like they're also really great. Just easy. You don't even have to journal on them. You can just think like, mm, like, what's something I learned? Or it could be a great, you know, journaling question. Like, what did I learn? What did I give? And if you haven't given anything, then like doing something as simple as sending someone energy, like love and loving energy is really powerful. And both of them kind of center around the energy of like love and giving and just how can you show up for everyone else around you too and like be the best version of yourself. Which takes us into our next question, which is what makes you feel like your higher self? Ooh, that's a good one. What makes me feel like my higher self? I feel like I feel like most like my higher self right after a meditation practice. I think that during that period, I'm I'm I've softened. I'm a little bit more vulnerable and I'm a little bit more receptive to like the beauty and the magic around me. I think that sometimes it's easy, like I try to meditate in the, every day in the morning, sometimes it doesn't happen, but um, it's easy to like, jump out of bed and like rush through your day. But when I carve out the time to be with myself, to breathe with myself, to meditate, and I slow down and I open my eyes, I'm more like awakened to what is around me. And like I said, everything looks a little bit brighter. Everything is a little bit more beautiful. You're finding some magic in the mundane, even if it's just like a normal day. Um, and it's through those little moments where I'm like, I feel a little bit more in tune with my intuitive self, more in tune with my higher self. But yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I also feel very much like my higher self when I've cultivated the time to meditate. And I feel like even in those moments, it's a great way to connect to your higher self, to like activate that within you. What yeah. about you, Charles? I think mine is just getting outside. You know, I'm always in awe of nature. There's this video that we watch in the training. There's a TED talk where they're talking about how like the sky looks different every single day that we should look up in awe because like the cloud patterns and all of that is just that one day and it might never be that way again. And I, I heard a quote recently that really stuck with me, which is that change is the nature of nature. Like it is constantly changing and evolving. And I feel like that when I think about becoming my highest self is I'm constantly in this state of recalibrating, evolving, like there's no ending to that. And, you know, nature has this like beautiful cyclical side of it of we're always kind of like when we start one chapter, we've ended another. It's cyclical. And yeah, so cyclical. And so I feel, I just feel like being outside is, it is what really makes me feel connected to something bigger. Yeah. I really feel that as well. Even, you know, for me, it's like tanning or going in the ocean. Like those two things are two of the things for me that connect me with my higher self. And it also really, what you were saying, reminded me of like sunsets. Like, I feel like that's how I think of sunsets. That's why I love watching the sunset as often as I can, because every single time is so different. And I think that's really so special to appreciate too. So next question is, do you have any books that have been really important in your own inner growth journey that you would recommend to anyone listening? Oh man, I have a couple. Blind I keep making you go first, Arier. Okay. So I mentioned The Untethered Soul already, but I'm going to share two more. Um, he has a second book that is called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. It's all about surrendering you know trust that's the second time this book has come up for me this really week. yeah have you read it no i have to read it it's great it's yeah that's great so the surrender experiment and then i also i love marianne williamson return to love um so i a course in miracles is a very it's an incredible 
book, but it's also very long and kind of complicated. Like you can't just read it. Like it's, it's hard to follow. So it, Return to Love is like a beautiful summary of A, um, a Course in Miracles. So those two are my recommendations. I feel like there's so many of these that I was going to say, I love the power of now. Um, I love the surrender experiment. The one I would actually, Erica recommended a book called braiding sweetgrass. And I love it because it's, it's so in line with our ethos. It talks about just becoming and really respecting the earth and being aware of your imprint on this earth. And it has just like it's not solely based on meditation or mindfulness, but the way that she describes her relationship and this indigenous way of really um, connecting with the earth is so beautiful. So that would be mine. Love those. Yay. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Last question is if someone didn't hear this entire episode, but they just heard this part, what would you guys want to leave them with? I would say that it's just reiterating what we already said, but if they're only going to hear this small part, it's that you have everything that you need inside of you for this practice. I would add to that, um, that you can always begin again. As long as that you are here breathing alive, you can always start over. Yeah. So powerful and like simple. Right. And it kind of goes back to this idea of like cyclicality and how like we're always showing up again or like we're always returning as the like pedal to like ourselves. And so thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so incredible. I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this conversation. And I know everyone who has listened has loved it. So can you both share where people can follow you? And if anyone is listening and is interested in getting certified as well, how they can access the training. Yeah. So our next teacher training is coming out um, maybe a week or two after this podcast. So our next one is January 11th through the 15th, our next level one. And um, we'll share a code for this community. It's a five-day training, um, which we love because we really want to empower people who are doing other cool things in their lives, whether it's, you know, teaching yoga or, you know, like yourself, you do so many things with podcast and um, community creation. And so this is really a five-day training to help you dive into what it means to guide others. Um, and even on demand as well. And you can find us at uh, Rooted Beings on Instagram and um, rootedbeings.com on our website. Did I leave anything out, Erica? We'll make a code called Inner Growth for yeah. uh, a discount for our training. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, find us at rootedbeings.com and rootedbeings on Instagram. It's just Chelsea and I behind the name. So there's a person getting back with you. Yeah. And I, I think this this exact conversation just shows so much how the power of connecting our roots to one another can really be so additive. Um, you know, we're so happy that our paths crossed with you. And we're just so grateful to, to know you and to follow along on your journey and all the inner growth that you're planting all over the world as well. So thanks oh, for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be connected with both of you as well. I do think everything happens for a reason and the people who come into our lives teach us so much and are here to also help us learn and grow. And so everyone listening, like I just want to say too, like a little like shout out I just absolutely loved the training and it was so transformative for me it empowered me with so many skills too to just deepen my practice to help spread the practice as well and it's just such a beautiful tool so I'm so grateful that you both created this method and I'm excited to continue sharing it myself with the world so thank you both for being here today and everyone listening so grateful you have listened to the episode as well and I'm sure you're taking away lots of knowledge. So with that said, I will see you guys in the next episode. And until then, remember to water yourself. All right. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.